A lot of times we think we need to solve everything under the sun for an experience online when the customers really only need X, Y, and Z to accomplish their task. Hey there, and welcome to Up Next in Commerce. I'm Stephanie Postles, CEO of Mission.org, and today we're talking telcos and how they're striving to deliver a better experience each and every day to their customers. You might think that delivering what your customers want and need sounds like a pretty obvious thing for a company to do. But when there's so much new technology to experiment with and alternate roads to go down, it's pretty easy to get off track. John Luciano, the director of e-commerce for Lumen, discusses how Lumen stays the course and how and why telcos and other industries can invest in new opportunities in a way that allows them to succeed. Enjoy today's episode. Digital commerce is quickly becoming a primary driver of growth for communications service providers, especially in the 5G era. 5G is here, and you need to know how to tap into new business models that extend your network across industries like never before. Digital commerce can help you, and our friends at Salesforce are here to guide you along the way. Download the Communications Service Providers Guide to Digital Commerce to learn how to drive growth with digital. Visit sfdc.co slash guide. That's sfdc.co slash CSP commerce guide. John, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's great. How are you? I'm doing great. This question can be personal or with Lumen, whatever you would like. What are you most excited about over the next couple of years? And like I said, it can be about e-commerce. It can be about John personally, <laughs> however you want to take it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about... Um the technology of NFTs, mm -hmm. okay. right? I, I think we're, we're completely in an infancy state with NFTs and, and what, what is happening right now and these crazy uh, prices on, on these, uh, what, we, what we know as NFTs right now. I think that technology or the vehicle of an NFT is going to get very, very interesting soon and have real world use cases. And I think that's going to change a lot of our lives. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. What are maybe some use cases you're most excited about right now when it comes to NFTs? Because I think a lot of people, when they're looking at it, it does seem like this bubble of craziness. I mean, there's so much money going into things where you're like, I'm not really sure why money is going into that. And then there's areas that I think more money should be going into and we should be exploring, you know, more practical uses of NFTs. But I want to hear what are you most excited about or what use cases are you most excited about? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a big sports fan and... Mm -hmm. um, I have been the victim of, of ticket fraud, <laughs> buying sports tickets on a secondary market. That use case it, is personally the most useful to me, right? Mm -hmm. Making sports tickets of NFTs. Yep. I really like that. And expanding that idea, the, the authentication to, to many more markets or products. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of consumers have kind of gotten burned out right now from the craze of NFTs and just seeing the first maybe ideations of what they could be and being like, oh, well, that's not something I care about. Like maybe I don't care about that kind of art or I don't care about the bored ape stuff and thinking that is what NFTs is. And yep. it seems like there's going to have to be some re-education around what is the actual underlying technology? Like what could it actually support day to day? And it's not all about, you know, the craze maybe that we've been seeing for the past couple of years. I don't even know if it's a re-education. I think it's just an ed education. Okay, yeah. Step one, education. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a very small amount of people that, that really understand how it works. Mm -hmm. um, and then the larger population uh, or you know group is uh, don't understand it. And I think that's why it's a very 
it's a hard, it's a hard thing to adopt because people don't understand what an NFT is and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't get past the, the board apes, the, like the craziness yeah. right now. Right. Because they don't understand. And I think if we, and I say we collectively do a better job of, of ex- educating and explaining what an NFT is and how it, how it can help people's lives. Um, I think that adoption curve goes a lot quicker. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So could we put our internet services on an NFT and then give that NFT to someone else or give it to a new residence and just take care of it all by ourselves where we don't ever have to try and transfer it <laughs> with the, yeah. the help of anyone? I don't know. Just giving you some product ideas, John. Yeah, I think there's a ton of ideas out there like that. And I, who's going to be the first to do it and how it's going to work is the question. But I think there's a lot of possibilities in that space in the future, without a doubt. Just ha- how do you make it work is, is, is the key. Yeah. It's really hard because um, telco is heavily regulated, right? So it's really hard sometimes to introduce things like that in in, in our space. Mm -hmm. I do think that's interesting thinking about the regulation aspect of it. Like how can you innovate quickly or keep up with trends or kind of stay on top of even maybe like dipping your toes in the water when it comes to these new technologies like NFTs or metaverse or whatever it may be. Like how can you kind of experiment if you're so heavily regulated where it's like you can only operate how you've been operating for a long time. Like, is there any ways that you've been able to find that you can still kind of experiment in these new technologies or is it pretty closed off? Oh, no, certainly there's experimentation. A lot of thought leadership, experimentation for sure. We have a great a great group that that helps us navigate the the regulatory waters for sure that we work with closely to, to make sure everything lines up. For us, it's always about meeting customer expectations. So mm-hmm. if a certain technology or a certain idea is cool and, and we want to use it, but if it doesn't really meet customer expectations, then it's, it's not really something we, that we're going to pursue at that time. Mm-hmm. So for customer expectations, I'm thinking a lot of times customers have expectations that they don't actually know how it gets to them. And you think about all these you know, tools and technologies that we use every day, like the technology essentially that built this has gone, it's disappeared. And that's like the best technology is when you don't really know how it's operating behind the scenes. You don't really know what it takes to get my internet or whatever it might be. Right. So, I mean, how do you know? To me, I, from my standpoint, I'm like, you can't even listen to customers in like telco because they don't even know how, you know, they're even getting their services probably or what that looks like. And so it seems like you guys would have to be behind the scenes kind of experimenting or trying to, you know, advance what's going on behind the scenes, even if they don't know what to ask for. They don't know what they don't know type of thing. Like they might just say, I want faster everything. I want better everything. But, and you're like, well, to do that, maybe we actually have to implement blockchain in here somewhere. Maybe we have to, you know, do these things. Sure. That seems like a tricky balance that you all have to do. Yeah, for for sure. And, and, and for the digital experience, both a a sales funnel and account management experience, you know, we have a lot of partners like Salesforce that, that, that we rely on to help us navigate some of those, those technologies and what's in the industry landscape that, that we should adapt to. But you're right. There is a lot of things the customers don't know uh, in terms of what they need. So experimenting, thought leadership, talking to other, other partners, other vendors, peers in the industry, uh, see what's going on is, is always helpful. And, and if we can adopt something that's going to benefit our customers, we're, we're certainly going to do that. Yeah. So tell me about your partnership with Salesforce. What are some of the things maybe they're guiding you on or giving insights to, or what does that relationship look like? Yeah, they, they've been a great partner of ours. Um, they are really good at understanding what's happening in industries, you know, different verticals and uh, telco is no, no exception. Coming to us proactively and saying, hey, here, here's what's going on in the industry. It, this is something you might want to look at. And, and we would love to partner with you to, to look at that. Uh, very helpful, very insightful. 
very bleeding edge. A lot of the things that that we talk about are are not quite there yet, but a partnership like that is 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 just that it's a partnership and not not a really a sales based par, uh, arrangement, right? And that that's helpful, mm-hmm. I think, for all companies to have a partner like that to say, hey, here, here's what's going on that you may not be looking at. Mm-hmm. This is something you might we might want to take a look at. Yeah, I love that. What kind of things are they presenting, maybe, or what industry insights are they? sending your way that maybe have been some aha moments or you're like, oh, we haven't even, you know, had the space to think about that yet. Yeah. I, I think the most interesting things are are partners that they have saying, hey, this is a really cool company in this space that's doing something that's brand new. For example, the marketplace idea, uh, you know, marketplace is a buzzword right now and everybody's getting into marketplace and it, it may not be a true marketplace, but how do you adapt something like that for, for for your industry to make that work? And you know, them connecting us with some of their partners to say, "Hey, let's go take a look at that." has been has been really cool and really fun to to dive into. You think eventually, like every type utility, telco, like any of these residential or business services will all be coming through a marketplace? Because in one way, I'm like that seems helpful, and I could see how that could be helpful. And then another way, I see so many marketplaces popping up. But I'm like, well, then where do you start? Like, who do you trust? Yeah. Do you know where to go to? Like, where do you see that Absolutely. future heading? Yeah, I, I think your core technology and, and telco services, I don't see being being in a marketplace. But I think there's a lot of value-added services that a lot of vendors and a lot of partners are producing that will help our type of customers. And I see that shifting to, to somewhat of, of a marketplace. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be straight marketplace. No. Okay. Why do you think it won't be straight marketplace? It just seems like such an easy option that consumers will take the easiest options for certain like services. What do you think will make people not want to choose that route? Yeah, I think companies are, are really aware of their brand and, and what that means to customers. And mm-hmm. uh, I just there there is a propensity uh, or a possibility of of a marketplace getting too big, getting the scale too large that it, that it might that it might interfere with brand reputation, brand management. I do think a marketplace is possible. I just think it's going to be a, a tweaked version of what we all think of marketplace. Okay. That's interesting thinking about brands. What brands resonate with you? How do you actually grow your brand exposure among customers? You are the director of e-commerce for Lumen. I think a great point would maybe be to explain what Lumen is, because as I was reading about it, I know that it started out as a company called CenturyLink. CenturyLink broke into three companies. Lumen was one of them, focusing on business, enterprise, government customers. Then there's a quantum fiber one, and then there's another one that focuses on small businesses and residential. Is that a good way to describe the company top down or? Very close. So so Lumen is the company, and, and within Lumen, there are several brands. Okay. So the Lumen brand is focused on enterprise B2B. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CenturyLink brand is, is focused on our, our customers who are consumer and small business, who, who their internet is copper fed. And the Quantum Fiber is, is the brand for uh, our fiber-based customers. Got it. Okay. So what does Lumen offer and what does your day-to-day look like there? Yeah. So I focus on, on the mass market segment, which is consumer and, and small business. We offer internet services. That's, that's our our premier offering, uh, phone, you know, voice, voice services, of course, quite a few value added services on top of that as well. Okay. What have been maybe some of the newest advancements you have brought into the company? Because when I think about, you know, internet providers and all that, I don't always think, oh, they're the most tech savvy. I get on that platform and boy, am I glad to be there. Like I've never really thought that. So like what new things maybe are you bringing into this environment to give customers, you know, a new way of doing business with you? 
so that is the challenge with an ISP company in, in an e-commerce setting, right? It's not the sexiest product to buy online. Uh, and we know that. But what we can do is we, we can make sure that that transaction, wh- whatever the customer might be there for, that transaction is smooth. They get what they need. They go along their day satisfied with visiting us, right? What, what they were there for. And the technology is really about meeting those needs. And it's, it's, it's almost a task or a chore for a customer in their day-to-day life, right? To interact with, a, with, with their telco provider, their mm-hmm. technology company. So as long as we can make it smooth and they can get in and out with, with, and achieve what they were there to do, uh, th- that's really the key. Digital commerce is quickly becoming a primary driver of growth for communication service providers, especially in the 5G era. 5G is here, and you need to know how to tap into new business models that extend your network across industries like never before. Digital commerce can help you, and our friends at Salesforce are here to guide you along the way. Download the Communications Service Providers Guide to Digital Commerce to learn how to drive growth with digital. Visit sfdc.co slash guide. That's sfdc.co slash guide. Do you think... I mean, I'm trying to think about the world seems like it has advanced a lot when it comes to getting services that you need and it's not as unenjoyable as it used to be. Like, is it because the technology has just arrived in a place that now we have the capability to get on, check out, you know, grab internet quickly, pop it over to a different residence, like whatever it might be. It seems like it's all working now better than it was even maybe like three to five years ago. What's changed? Is it just because like a better understanding of what customers are looking for? Is it because of how e-commerce has been changing and you've just been kind of like watching, you know, other businesses and industries of like how they're operating or like why have things changed so rapidly over the past couple of years? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. And I, and I think it's twofold. The first is I do think telco companies have gotten better about their legacy systems and legacy data and, and packaging in a way that makes it easier to surface. That's a huge step and uh, being digital forward or digital first. And then I also think that, uh, Partner vendors who who are supplying technology needs to large companies like ours, they've come a long way and they've focused on on that sector, that segment, that industry to help with specific needs for for companies like Lumen. Mm-hmm. Got it. So I know you're passionate about e-commerce, and that was what you you know really wanted to talk about when coming on this show. I want to hear just what you're maybe most excited about over the next couple of years. I'm most excited about the technology that's really going to get to a one-to-one personal level with any e-commerce site you visit, no matter what, what the product is, what the industry is. You know, it, we live in such a world that information and is such at our fingertips so fast. And these companies that we, we use on our phone, right, are really good at targeting us mm-hmm. for our, our needs and uh, what we're interested in. And I think e-commerce is, is very, very close to being there as well going to a site and whatever whatever attributes that is shared about me, uh, really personalizing that to to suit me and my needs and, and to get what I want out of that experience. Okay. So personalization is the one thing that you're betting on the most when it comes to one. It's depersonalization really though. It's not just, you know, name or city. It's it's really, hey, uh-huh. this product is for you and, and, here, and here's why. Personalization started as, hello, Stephanie, right? Like that's nice, but we're all past that and evolved that. And it's really about making that one-to-one connection for every experience. Mm-hmm. Are there any experiences that you've had recently that you know you remember well as being, maybe doing a really good job of personalizing in a way that made sense, but not too far in a way that kind of came off creepy and people were like, why do you know that about me? I don't need that. Like, 
Have you seen a good sweet spot or any case studies of what you've experienced yourself? Uh, so interestingly enough, <laughs> and, and it, it's it's boring, right? But it, it worked. My power company. Okay. Right. I get on to pay my bill. They've done a really good job of showing me power consumption, my power consumption, my like my neighbors, my neighborhood, what specifically I can do at my house to to save power, and it's just it's using that data that that they have to really make an impact to my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Okay, power industry. I haven't also heard that before you. So I like kind of thinking about these different <laughs> industries that I haven't had too much time to talk about. So to me, that's the really cool about e-commerce, right? Is there is a, there is a single thread that spans industry. So there are commonalities, yet each one really has their own specific thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see how each different industries are using the commonalities between them, right? And then scaling to, to the different needs of the industry. So when thinking about Lumen, I mean, what have you all change when it comes to personalizing or what kind of metrics are you looking at right now when you're making changes on the site, making changes to the customer experience? Like, how do you know things are going well? Yeah. So, so NPS and customer interviews are really important to us to to know what's going well. We're really trying to get to an experience led design, right? So let's design our experiences for for the customer and not limit system limitations. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think once you get closer to designing experiences that are for the customer rather than what's best for your systems, you get to a really good space and customers a lot are, are a lot happier because again, it's, it's, they're, they're there to achieve a task in our space usually. Right. Um, and they're able to do that quickly and, and go about their day. Mm-hmm. When you do actually talk to customers, it's very, very interesting to understand what their expectations are versus what you think their expectations are. Yep. Did you think their expectations were I mean, I'm assuming consumers always have higher expectations than maybe most companies even are anticipating. Is that the case? I mean, you hear that with, you know, Amazon and shipping, and now everyone expects two days shipping. And a lot of companies are like, wait, why are you expecting that of us? We've never had that before. And just because Amazon does doesn't mean we do. Was it kind of similar for you all? Um, in that regard, yes. Amazon has set the bar a lot, right? In terms of uh, expectations and, and really what customers are trained to do online. But I think it's always fascinating where, where a lot of times we, we think we need to solve everything under the sun for an experience online when the customers really only need X, Y, and Z to, to accomplish their task. Mm-hmm. So it's almost overkill in some, in some cases. So my last question for you is around, I want to hear, I mean, you seem like a very wonderful guy, but I want to hear if you have any contrarian ideas that maybe something you believe around, you know, the space that Lumen's in or just the world of e-commerce that others wouldn't agree with you on? Are they like, John, wherever you think things are headed right now, buddy, it's not going there. You know, I don't know if I have any contrarian thoughts because I, I feel like I'm a student of e-commerce and I, I, I re- it's something I do every day, all day and, and think about it. I read about it. I think there's so much happening that anybody can really find a, a, their way within it because there's so much happening. I, I do think at some point there's going to have to be a, I don't want to say a consolidation, but the speed at which multiple technologies are advancing, I, I think, is, is going, to, going to have to slow down for, for more adoption to happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's kind of contrarian. Not everyone would agree with you on that. That's what I was looking for. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, oh, now we have to go chase this technology. Now I have to go chase this one. We have to chase this one. And I, I think that that slows adoption down, right? Mm. Um, I think ideas need to, be, need to be pushed and pursued for sure. But to adopt... To adopt things on a large scale, I, I think there needs to be 
Yeah, I guess this is contrarian. There needs to be like a spot where we're slowing down or we're merging technologies so that uh, company, you know, marketers or, you know, e-commerce professionals like myself can actually adopt and understand what what to do with that technology. Yep. I like that. One of the uh, previous guests I had on, they said that they were kind of getting in this phase where they were trying to tackle every new thing that was coming out because they felt like they had to stay on top of all the newest, you know, trends in the market. And right. there, I think it was their COO that came up and told them, hey, is I want you to put things in buckets. Is this necessary for what we need today or in the next like one to two years? Or is it just something interesting that we should be watching, uh, but maybe we don't do anything with it yet? And once he started thinking in that way, he was able to focus more on like, these are the things that actually drive our business today and will have an impact in the next year or two. And these are ones I just want to keep reading about and see if maybe they have an impact on our company or maybe they never do. And it's just a personal interest to stay on top of. I like that way of thinking. Yeah, for sure. And and I think there's... um. For companies like where I work in, there's also budget aspects. So if I go and make a business case and say, I want to introduce uh, X, Y, and Z technology because of this, and and then we go and we pursue that and we implement it. And then I turn around and say, hey, wait a sec, Oops. there's actually a, something better now. Like <laughs> yeah. that doesn't really work, right? <laughs> yep. So for companies like yours, how would you decide which ones you want to invest in? I mean, how do you go and make a case around that? It seems like, I mean, I've worked at companies like this, so I know not like yours, but I mean, even back at Google, we had to make a good business case for why we wanted to pursue something, why we wanted to, you know, put money here versus there. And oftentimes they'd be holding two things up in there of like, well, which one's more important? And you'd be like, oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure now. I don't know if I feel so confident. Yeah. How do you go about prioritizing, you know, what you all should be focused on over the next couple of years? Like, are you still focused on the foundational things or you know, what are you presenting? Yeah. So, so again, it goes back to under, trying to understand what customer expectations are, what they need, and then saying, okay, what, what do we need to meet those expectations? And then working with tr- trusted partners and trusted vendors like Salesforce to say, hey, here, here's my problem statement. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the expectation I'm trying to meet. What are you seeing? What's the best path? And, and really having a, a, a really good open dialogue about what is out there in the world right now that one is tried and true, or two is, hey, this is something new. And um, might meet your need a little bit more and, and just having the faith to go pursue that. Well, John, thank you so much for hopping on here today with me and sharing your knowledge. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to at Lumen? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best place for me, for sure. Quantumfiber.com is, is a great place to go to and, and Lumen.com is a great place to go to see, see what we're up to and yeah, learn more. Thanks, John. Thank you all. listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.